0: we are the boys in the band sleeping in a van shrugging off the wrist without so much as a contingency plan can you make a little baby dance so lend your hearts ears money in your hands to the band Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 8 of the Fat Mike Sports Show. I'm Fat Mike, and I'm the host of this show. We're going to be talking week 5 football this week, see what happened. We're going to be talking confidence picks of this week, how I fared. We're going to be talking confidence picks for next week. We're going to be talking some baseball playoff action, some hockey. We got it all, going to cover it all today. We won't be talking tennis, but we may be talking full contact with women's karate, because I know what you guys like. I know what you guys are here for. You guys are here for the judo chop and the karate kick, and hopefully a titty falls out. I get it. I'm here for that, too. But while we're here waiting for all that stuff, let's dip into this week of the confidence. I didn't do too hot. We're going to be kicking things off. With um, with with the Thursday night game, the the Colts at the Pats, but I actually did have a pretty decent week. It's my second week in a row going 10 and five. Um, it was uh, it was a good showing. So it brings my grand total to 43, 32 and two. I'm still I'm nine games above 500. The back to back weeks of 10 wins helped, but I lost a lot of points this week compared to last week. Last week I only lost 24 points. This week I lost 36 Uh, A couple big games A couple games that easily should have Should have been For sure, like put them in the bag It's done, it's over with I lost, I don't know how I lost these games The one I give I wholeheartedly to the Rams. I, I I did take the Seahawks. I took the Seahawks low for one. That was my upset special of the week. Um, I thought the Seahawks could have pulled that out and almost did pull that game out, but I lost. I lost the Titans game to the Bills. The Bills fucking kill me again this week. Uh, the game of the week, the Jags Chiefs. I lost two on. I took the I took the Jags in that game. I was I went against the five and O's this week. Or the four and from last week, and now they're five and zero. It was probably a bad thing, but even still, I lost big with those two games. If I would have won those two games, I'd still be sitting at 33 points lost on the week. So not a good showing. Um, we're gonna kick it off here. Like I said, we're gonna be kicking it on off up there in. New England, where the Indianapolis Colts went against the New England Patriots. Uh, a weird game, pretty much dominated by New England from the very get-go. It was 24-0 at the half, and then Indianapolis started to make a little rally, but Tom Brady was just too much in that, in that fourth quarter, putting up another 14 points. But Andrew Luck, again, throws for almost 60 times. He was 38-59 for 365, three touchdowns and two interceptions. And, again, the Indianapolis Colts cannot seem to figure out how to run the ball. They ran the ball 21 times for 84 yards, split between two backs. Naeem Hines, 15 for 45, Jordan Wilkins, 6 for 39. Uh, Tom Brady was absolutely – I mean, it's Tom Brady. uh, Complete rating of 102.6. 34 of 44, 341, three touchdowns, two picks. He seems to be – the the two interceptions, now it's back-to-back two weeks in a row that he's had some pretty ugly interceptions – I would say of the four that he's thrown over the last two weeks, um, probably three of them could have been completely avoided. But uh, on the rushing side of the ball, again, Sony Michelle. That he, that if they, like I said before, if this team gets a running game, this team's going to be pretty damn good because their defense is good enough. Um, Sony Michelle, eighteen for ninety-eight and a touchdown. Very good game out of him. Very scary when they can get the when they can get the the running game going. And the receiving side of the ball, you got Eric Ebron leading everything in targets. Uh, between both teams, he had 15 targets, nine receptions, 105 yards, and two scores. Huge game out of him um, for the for the Colts again. Chester Rogers, 11 targets, eight receptions, 66 yards. Eric Swoop had uh, three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. That was pretty much it on the receiving side. Again, no T. Y. Hilton in this game. He's still bummed out with that knee or leg lower leg injury. On New England side of the ball, James White, absolutely amazing again. Ten receptions, 14 targets, 77 yards and a touchdown. I told you guys last week it'd be a good pickup to grab this guy, and he's earned Tom Brady's trust. You got to give the get this guy, and if you're not starting him, there's a problem. He's having a huge. He's had he's having huge games out of the backfield. Gronk, six for 75, no touchdowns. Julian Edelman, seven for 57. Josh Gordon, two receptions, 50 yards and a touchdown. And then two receptions out of quarter Patterson for 11 yards and a touchdown again, kind of going in between his pretty much his main targets out there for Brady has been James white and Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman coming back huge. And that's pretty much all I got to say on this game. Like I said, I did have the Pats in this game. I had the Pats for 13 and it's going to be interesting on what happens next week. And for the, for, for the upcoming, for the upcoming schedule for both of these teams, it's just it's going to be a little weird. You got New England taking over that division again. Like I said, Miami's not holding up the end. Indianapolis sitting at one and four in a very winnable division. Uh, Houston two and three. Jacksonville three and two. Tennessee three and two. That's a very winnable division if they play it right and start figuring out what they got to do on the offensive side of the ball. That being said, we're going to be moving on up to Buffalo, where Buffalo Bills killed my confidence bracket. I had the Titans for 12 in this game, and this game was definitely the shit show game of the week. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 14-26, a buck 29 in the interception. Um, Josh Allen, 10-19, 82 yards in an interception. This game fucking sucked. <clears throat> but again, you know, you, you have the Tennessee Titans who go out there and get two solid wins, and then come back and lose to this fucking shit scrub team in the Buffalo Bills, and I don't know how this happens. I, I really don't. Uh, the rushing side of the ball again for Tennessee, not figuring out who to use. They ran the ball 25 times, technically 23 times. Uh, 11 for 56 out of Derrick Henry, 12 for 34 out of Deion Lewis. They they don't. It's they don't get it. I don't think. I don't understand what's going on down there. I really don't. They they don't run the fucking ball with what they got, and they got a, a solid core there. Maybe it's the offensive line. I don't know. It's not, it's not like Marcus Mariota's getting killed out there. He got sacked twice. That's pretty standard, but, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing down there. For the Buffalo side of the ball, Shady McCoy finally getting a big bulk of the carries, 24 carries, 85 yards, pretty good day out of him, pretty good day. But it was just a sad, sad day. Yeah, Josh Allen get the lone rushing touchdown. It was the only touchdown of the day for either team. So this game sucked. On the receiving side of the ball, not much going on here. I feel bad if you have any one of these guys in between both of these teams, any one of these guys on your team. I told you guys last week, Kelvin Benjamin's a buster. If you got him, drop him. I'm giving Derek Henry one week before he scores a fucking touchdown before I'm dropping him in all leagues. But on the receiving side of the ball, Corey Davis, four receptions, 49 yards. T.J. Sharp, three receptions, 30 yards. Tawan Taylor, three receptions, 30 yards. Nothing to talk about. Nothing stands out in this game. Not a single thing stands out in this game. Shady McCoy, uh, the thing that would stand out is Shady McCoy getting 24 carries for 85 yards. But he also was second in targets out of the the receiving. He had two receptions for 23 yards. Zay Jones, three for 20. Calvin Benjamin, Five targets, one reception, eleven yards, and I know it's not his fault. I know, I mean, some of it is, some of it isn't. You got a young quarterback up there, but this game sucked, and I lost my ass on this game. I like I said, I lost twelve on this game. This game really pissed me off. I I couldn't even watch it. It was so boring of a game, and that's all I'm saying in this game. I don't want to talk about either of these teams anymore. They both suck. And now we head to Cincinnati, which this game was actually a really exciting game. I actually loved watching this game. Like I said last week, I knew that the Miami Dolphins were a hot-now team, not a hot-for-the-rest-of-the-year team, and that's exactly what's happening to that team. Uh, you had Ryan Tannehill go 20-35 for a buck 85, one touchdown, two interceptions, and got sacked three times for a loss of 16. You had Andy Dalton continue to be... Regular season fucking player of the year, uh, 20 out of 30, 248, a touchdown and a pick, only sacked twice. The big story in this game is that the Dolphins had the lead, 17 or almost, yeah, 14 nothing, and were winning 17 nothing at one point, and gave up 24 unanswered points to win this game. The the, the Cincinnati Bengals came back and won this game. So that's a, that's a huge, huge deal for that Miami Dolphins defense. It's a huge deal for that Miami Dolphins team as a whole. Uh, on the rushing side of the ball, you had Frank Gore, 12-63, getting the bulk of the carries. Kenyon Drake, only 6-46. for 46. Old man Frank Gore standing the test of time down there in Miami, going back to his roots of the U. But uh, hopefully, I mean, I hope I wish Frank Gore all the best. I loved watching that guy growing up. Uh, on the Cincinnati side, you had a big day. And the only guy that was rushing the ball, Joe Mixon, 22 for 93. No touchdowns rushing, but he did have a reception. He had three receptions for 22 and the touchdown out of Andy Dalton. Uh, Miami receiving, you had Kenyon Drake, 7 for seven for 69 and a touchdown. Albert Wilson, 5 for 43. That Albert Wilson, he's available in quite a bit of leagues. He seems to be getting quite a bit of... Um, Quite a bit of targets, quite a bit of receptions. Maybe, maybe a pretty good pickup and late, late keep, late, late. Like just fill in guy if you have one of your guys off on the week. <laughs> on the receiving side of the ball for Cincinnati, at AJ Green, six for one twelve, no scores. Good game out of him. Tyler Board, four for forty four. CJ Uzma. Two for 43, Eric Dick. Or, uh, Alex Eckerson, three for 24. Like I said, Mixon for three, for three for 22 and a touchdown. Good game. Liked watching this game. Fun game to watch. It was just a weird game. I don't know how the Dolphins let this happen. If you want to be a real team, you got to put up real points. You got to play real defense. You can't let teams come back from 17-0 to beat you 24-17. And luckily in this game, I did have the Bengals, and I had the Bengals high for 11 points. That was a good win for me. Kept me above ground, getting a double-digit win in the confidence, which was huge. And now we're going to be moving on over to which I thought was the funnest game to watch of of the day. And the game actually kind of sucked. We're going to be going to Cleveland for the Ravens game. And the Ravens being there in Cleveland where the Browns seem to find a way to almost lose this game but pull out a victory in the last and final seconds of the game. In this game, you had Joe Flacco, 29 of 56, 298, and an interception. I don't know why they keep on putting Lamar Jackson even in the game. He had one rushing attempt, one throwing attempt, or three rushing attempts, one throwing attempt. Uh, It's just that's a sideshow in itself. Baker Mayfield, 25 of 43. For 342, a touchdown and a pick. I like what I'm seeing out of this kid. They're letting him throw. I think this team's going to be a lot better than what everybody anticipates. I like what I see out of this Cleveland Brown team. They they play a hell of a defense, and it's time for Baker Mayfield to learn that offense a little bit more. And they're going to be a team to reckon with, and I'm saying that in the near future. They're going to be pulling out some wins that they shouldn't be pulling out this year. And I think this is one of them wins. I don't think they should have won this game. But you can have the argument where they should be 5-0 and right now. They could be one of those unbeaten teams. They really should be. Look at the previous games. It's, it's a weird, weird team, but I'm I'm glad they're getting back on their feet. Cause I'm one of those guys where it's like, ah, yeah, the Cleveland Browns suck, so I like them, you know. So good job, Cleveland, way to win this game. But on the on the rushing side of the ball, let's get back to the stats. Alex Collins, 12 of 59, no scores. Uh, Javorius Allen, eight for 34. Like I said, Lamar Jackson, 3 for 10. Joe Flacco, 2 for 13. Uh, Carlos Hyde getting the main bulk of the carries, 17 to 63, no scores. Duke Johnson, 5 to 35. Baker Mayfield broke out a couple nice nice, um, nice getaways, getting out of the pocket there, getting free and getting some yards. He had 2 for 23. On the receiving side of the ball, Michael Crabtree, 6 for 66 with 12 targets. John Brown, 14 targets but only 4 receptions for 58 yards. That's a problem. That's an issue. He's one of those guys that stretch the field. He's one of those guys that elongate the field. you got to get him the ball. He's fast as hell. Get him the ball. You can't have, you can't have him missing 10 targets. That, that's not good. Uh, Willie Sneed, 5 for 55 out of 7 targets. Buck Allen, 6 for 44. He's the one that's been pretty much getting all the targets out of the backfield for the rushing side of the ball. Um, getting all the, all the, all the receiving for the for the backs he's been he's been pretty much the guy on, on the receiving side of the ball for cleveland you had J- uh jarvis landry five for 69 10 targets and joku six for 69 11 targets uh rashad rashard higgins three for 66 and a touchdown and there was a couple there was a couple ones there where jarvis landry could have broke free and had had a touchdown just got and you, you got to give credit to the ball baltimore ravens defense on that one they they played a hell of a game only giving them 12 points And they they blanketed him pretty much all day. But this was a good game. I did have the Browns in this game for four, which is a big win. I liked having that game, kind of of an upset special. I don't think they were expected to win this game, but I took them for four, and that's a good win for me. So, yeah, baby. Go Cleveland! And now we're going to head on up to Detroit where the Lions hosted the Green Bay Packers. And this was a very good game. Uh, kind of a weird game. I'm glad I took the Lions in this game. I did have the Lions for three points in this game. It was a huge win for me in fantasy. Another big upset for me. But this game was a kind of a funky-ass game. Uh, the Lions were up 24-0 at the half. Aaron Rodgers with 32 of 52, 442, three touchdowns, no picks. Matt Stafford, on the other hand, 14 for 26, a buck 83, and two touchdowns. If you look at that stat line alone, I'm saying that Green Bay trounced, absolutely murdered the Detroit Lions, but that's not the case. The case is that Mason Crosby missed four fucking field goals and an extra point. If I was Green Bay, I'd be starting to look for a brand new kicker right now. Granted, he's one of the most decorated field goal kickers, uh, kickers in the game and really good. Has a history of being lights out, but that's terrible. You cannot have that. On the receiving side of the ball, though, you did have Devontae Adams with a very big game for Green Bay, although it did take him a while. It took them to get down. I don't think Devontae Adams had a reception in the first half. Uh, He was 9 for 140 and a touchdown. Uh, St. Brown, 3 for 89. Jimmy Graham, 6 for 76. Big day out of him again, no scores. Marquise Valdez Scantling Somebody that you've never heard of I've never heard of this guy But he had 7 receptions, 68 yards and a touchdown Lance Kendricks, 2 for 8 and a touchdown Again No Randall Cobb I know. I don't know if he's banged up I'm not sure on that But nothing out of him this week For the receiving side, I told you guys once before I really like this Kenny Galladay guy This guy's good Northern Illinois boy, I like him. Four for ninety-eight and a touchdown, and he even had a touchdown called back on him earlier in the game for a dumb holding call or something like that at the line. Uh, you have Golden Tate five for forty-two, uh, seven targets. Theo Riddick two for twenty, but again, Kenny Dollar, Kenny ugh, Kenny Galladay, nine targets, leading the team in targets. That's huge. The rushing side of the ball. Not much to go on here. yet. Aaron Jones, 7 for 40. Jamal Williams, 6 for 43. I said Aaron Jones is probably going to start getting the bulk of these carries. And, again, it looks like it's going to happen. Um, for the rushing side of the ball, carry on Johnson, 12 for 70. Legarrant Blunt 12 for 22 and two touchdowns. They fed him the ball at the goal line, and that's huge because he's a big body and he can really buzz through lines. That's a huge thing for Detroit. If they can get that going between him and carry on Johnson, that's a good thing going for them. It could be like lightning thunder. That's pretty cool. And this division seems to be getting tighter and tighter as things play out. Chicago still at three and one. They were on the bye week this last week, and they look good. They they have a matchup this week against Miami. Let's see how that plays out. Miami's struggling to win. Everybody else has two wins. Green Bay two two and one. Minnesota two two and one. Detroit two and three. Tough. Very tough. But it's going to be fun to see how this division plays out, because I really do believe that this is the toughest division in football. That's not me just saying that because I'm a Bear fan. I'm saying because because I think it's true. I think it's honest. Every single one of these teams have made the playoffs in the last five years. In the last three years, every single one of these teams have made the playoffs. And it's going to be funny to see how the rest of it goes, because they play the AFC East or AFC North. Whatever the hell you want, AFC East, I think, where it's where it's New England, the Jets, uh, Buffalo, and all they play every every one of these teams play them. So let's see how that works out. Let's see how this fares for either side of the ball, either either team. And now we're going to Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come, where the Kansas City Chiefs hosted the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack- and this is a weird game too. I took the Jags in this game and I lost, but I only lost two points. Uh, I took the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, hopefully, hoping that they'd beat the unbeaten, and it didn't happen. Um, it was it was 20 to nothing at the half in KC's favor. But this is a weird game too. Patrick Mahomes not looking like Patrick Mahomes. Blake Bortles, 3361, 430, one touchdown, four interceptions. This, I, I don't know what to think of this guy. One week he's awesome, the next week he fucking blows. I don't get it. He was also sacked for five times for a loss of 30. He had Patrick Mahomes, like, like I said, not looking like Patrick Mahomes the previous four weeks. He was 22-38, 3-13. The yards are there. The completions are there. But he threw two picks and was sacked once for a loss of 15. On the rushing side of the ball, T.J. Eldon had a nice day, 10 for 53. They're missing Leonard Fournette. He's going to be keeping up and hoping to fill in the shoes of Leonard Fournette while Leonard Fournette's dealing with that hamstring injury. He had the bulk of the carries, like I said, 10 for 53. On the Kansas City side of the ball, Kareem Hunt, 22-87 for a touchdown. Tyreek Hill had two end-of-rounds, two for 26. Patrick Mahomes had a nice little play there, uh, rushing in, four for 13 and a touchdown. On the receiving side of the ball, Dante Moncrief, 6-for-76, no touchdowns. Keelan Cole, 4-for-70. TJ Yeldon got his touchdown here, 8-for-69. That's huge when you can just plug and play a back like that. Uh, 8-for-69 and his touchdown, like I said, another big game out of him. Uh, D.J. Shark, uh, 22 of 68. D.D. Westbrook, three of 55. Niles Paul, seven for 67. Kind of a weird game. He threw it to a bunch of different receivers, and so did, so did um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He had Travis Kelsey. This guy's fucking awesome, guys. Five for 100. Sammy Watkins, six for 78. Both tied for the lead, um, eight with eight targets. Tyreek Hill, four for 61. Chris Conley, two for 21. But this was a weird game. This was a very weird game. I don't know what to think. Is Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he showed some pretty good signs in those first couple weeks, and now he had the test of a good defense, and he still had the yards, but made a couple bonehead mistakes and had two interceptions. I'd still ride the hot hand out there. I'm not benching the guy, of course. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying fantasy reasons. Still ride the hot hand in Patrick Mahomes, because I think he's going to bounce back I think he's going to have a nice week. It's just going to be weird. It's, it's, it's a weird situation what they got going on out there. You hope that he continues to do what he's doing because the guy's an MVP candidate. Uh, he's my MVP right now in the NFL. Him or Khalil Mack, they've both been awesome. So, But let's see what happens here. Is, this is good game out of the Kansas City Chiefs here. Very good test. A playoff team. Uh, a team that made it to the AFC Championship game. A team that looked good. All year last year, it's looked good pretty much this year for the exception of quarterback play. And Kansas City's defense stepped up their game this week. That, that's a big thing. That's that's huge. If they can step up a little bit and do what they need to do on the defensive side of the ball, there should be no questions for this team to make it to the playoffs. Obviously, they're 5-0, and oh, but maybe have a good run finally in the playoffs instead of getting in and just getting bounced the first round. This time I'd like to apologize to you guys right now There may be some technical audio problems going on here I'm having quite a bit of dropouts I don't know exactly what the hell's going on here But I'll try to fix it in later shows Right now I'm just kind of trying to deal with it And on this note we're going to be heading on over To the Jets and Broncos game This game fucking killed me And that Broncos team I'm done with that fucking team Casey Keenum can suck my left nut Fuck this team And in New York, the Denver Broncos could not stop the fucking run at all. At all. In total, they gave up 38 carries, 323 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Isaiah Crowell, 15 carries for 291 yards or something like that. He went off in this game. 219 yards, I'm sorry. The Leo Powell, 20 for 99, and they just ran the ball up and down all day on this Denver D. Not only that, but Sam Darnold looked good. 10 for 22, a buck 98, three touchdowns and a pick. They let him throw. They found his receivers. Robbie Anderson, three receptions, a buck 23, two touchdowns. Terrell Pryor, one for 20 and one touchdown. They didn't throw the ball a lot, but they got the job done. On the rushing side of the ball, on Denver side of the ball, Casey Keenan, 35-51, for 51, 377, two touchdowns and a pick. Phillip Lindsay 12 carries, 61 yards. Demarius Thomas had a pretty good game, 5-for-105 and a touchdown. And that's it. But this Denver D is in some trouble if they're giving up these points like this to the New York Jets. Now we're going to be heading on out to Pittsburgh where the Steelers hosted the Falcons. Matt Ryan looked pretty good again, just not doing enough of what he needs to do. He was 26 for 38, 285 and a touchdown. On the rushing side for Atlanta, De- Devonta Freeman, 8 for 32, Simon Coleman, 7 for 15. Not a good showing when you're only running the ball in total. Running the ball, what is it, 18 times maybe? A six, 17 times? We had Ido Smith with three three carries, five yards, and a touchdown. That's another touchdown for him on the year. He's having a pretty decent touchdown year, just not a lot of yards. Receiving, Austin Hooper. Like I said earlier in here, you got to get these big guys the ball. Austin Hooper, 9 for 77. No scores. Muhammad's Sanu had a nice day. Four receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Seven targets. Slow day out of Julio Jones. Nine targets. Five receptions, 62 yards. Nothing big out of this Atlanta offense again this week, and it's sad to see because I want to see this team do good. On the Pittsburgh side of the ball, you had Big Ben, 19 for 29, 250, three touchdowns and a pick. James Conner had a monster day. Uh, 21 carries, 110 yards and two touchdowns. He looked good. He looked real good the other day on Sunday. He looked He looked damn good. Antonio Brown, Six receptions, 101 yards, two touchdowns. James Conner, four receptions, seventy-five yards. I like this guy. He I don't think if Le I think if Le'Veon Bell comes back, I don't know, man. This James Conner, he kind of fits the system a little bit. He's doing everything he needs to do. Four receptions, 75 yards again. Juju Smith Schuster, four for thirty-four. Just a, a weird game. Pittsburgh put it on him. though. Pittsburgh's defense looked pretty damn good. Bounce it back finally. I did have the Steelers for five in this game, and uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but in the other game, the Broncos-Jets, I had the Broncos for 14, and that killed me too. But the Falcons-Steelers here, I did have the Steelers for five. Heading to Carolina here, where this game almost lost my ass. Um, I had the Panthers over the Giants in this game for 15, and this was a very, very, very close game. Um, Panthers seemed just to kind of do enough. But uh, we're going to start off with the Giants' side of the ball. Eli Manning, 22-36, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Odell Beckham, a big passing play to Saquon Barkley there. He was, he was one for one for 57 yards and a touchdown. On the rushing side of the ball, Saquon Barkley, 15 of 48. Not a big day on the ground for him. He had most of his stuff through the air, and that was nice. Um, On the receiving side, Odell Beckham, 8 for 131 and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley, 4 for 81 and two touchdowns. And this was a good game, man. This is a very good game. It's about time you've seen a little bit of uh, resurgence out of that New York Giants offense. Just Carolina just did a little bit more to beat them. Cam Newton was twenty-one of thirty-five, two touchdowns, two interceptions, for uh, two thirty-seven. Uh, rushing side of the ball, Christian McCaffrey, seventeen of fifty-eight, no scores throughout. Down, um, receiving side of the ball, Devin Funches. I'm so sick of this fucking guy. This guy needs to start doing something. He was four for fifty-three, four for fifty-three, no touchdowns. More four for forty-nine. Uh, Samuel had two receptions, 37 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, again, another big day out of the backfield. 5 for, five for 35 and a touchdown. This, this game was weird. Uh, it was a very weird game. Very offensive minded, very, very offensive, strong game. Not a lot of defense being played in this. Uh, Carolina did take one of the house, uh, defensive wise. And that was nice to see, but it was just, just a weird, weird game. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what to say on this besides that, the Panthers for 15. uh, All these teams are in struggle. The whole NFC East is a fucking garbage fire. Uh, The NFC South down there pretty much looks like it's going to be Saints year. And you can pretty much toss that up in between anybody, Saints, Carolina, or Atlanta every year. But it looks like the Saints pretty much have that on lockdown. So, yay. And now we're going to be going over to the Chargers game where the Chargers posted the Raiders. And this fucking Raider team is sorry, guys. Jesus, is this Raider team sorry. And not only can they not score points, but they can't even stop points from being scored on them. Derek Carr was 24-33, two, 268. One touchdown, one interception. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, 9-31, no scores. Martavis Bryant three three for 91 yards, no touchdowns. Richard six for 53, no touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, I mean he's he's an old man now, but he had a nice game. Four for 43, no touchdowns. Amari Cooper, I know a lot of you guys took this guy high. One reception, 10 yards. That's dog shit out of this team. This team's offense can't can't get going. This team's defense can't stop anybody. And that's, that's troubling. Phillip Rivers looking great, though. 22 for 27. 339, two touchdowns, no picks. Got sacked one time for six. Quarterback rating four, rating a Total rating of 143.4. He looked good. Melvin Gordon had a nice day. 19 for 58 and a touchdown. Uh, uh, Austin Eckler, 6 for 15. Nothing big other than Melvin Gordon getting the bulk of the carries again. He had, uh, on the Los Angeles Chargers receiving side, Keenan Allen, eight for 90, no touchdowns. Williams, three for 66. Melvin Gordon kicking ass again, four for 62. Um, he had Austin Eckler, one reception for 44 yards, big gainer for a touchdown. And he had Green, one for 13 and a touchdown. This Charger team seems to be kind of, kind of be the real deal here a little bit. They're three and two, sitting pretty while Oakland Raiders suck, uh, But the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos still in that. It's just a weird division. The Broncos suck. It's pretty much tied up between the Chargers and the Chiefs. They still have yet to play one another. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this division. But I like KC in this division. And like I said, I did have the Chargers in this game. I had the Chargers for six. So that was another big plus. I didn't lose for a while here until this next game, which fucking bit me in the ass. And the Eagles sucking balls up there in Philadelphia to this Minnesota team. What a weird game this was. Um, just just an odd game. A very odd game. And that's where we're going to now. Obviously, we're going to that Philadelphia game where the Eagles hosted the Vikings. And I don't know what really happened in this game. It was a good defensive battle. Kirk Cousins was 30-37 for one touchdown. No turnovers, which was, which was which was good. Latavius Murray, 11-42. For Stephon Diggs, 2-25. for 25. They don't seem to run the ball a lot, this Minnesota team. I don't know what's going on with this team. Delvin Cooks is still out. I get it. But you still got to win. Uh, on the receiving side of the ball, I said it again last week, this Adam fucking Thalene is awesome. And that's what I'm going to call this guy now is Adam fucking Thalene. This guy is awesome. He's seven for one sixteen and a touchdown. Does anybody cover this guy? Like, I don't get it. He had ten targets and he caught seven of them. Like, is it because he's white? That's racist. That's racist. Somebody put a body on this guy just because he's white. He's like, oh yeah, he can't catch nothing. Well, he fucking lights teams up. This guy's awesome. Uh, Stefan Diggs ten for eleven for ninety one yards. Uh, Kyle Rudolph five for forty one. Treadwell three for twenty one. And the defense held up, holding back one of the, what, what seems to be one of the best offenses in all of football. It held him back big time, only let him score 21 points. Carson Wentz was 24 35, 311, two touchdowns, no picks. That's a good game. That's a very good game out of that team. Um, <clears throat> Jay Ajay, this hurts. I was on this guy. I was, I've been on this guy's nuts all year long. I like Jay Ajay a lot. I like him in that Philadelphia. And that Philadelphia offense is going to be weird here. Jhi 8 for 29, no touchdowns, but is now out for the year. So, guys, you might want to take a look at a player named uh, at a player named soon to be Wendell Smallwood. I think he's going to be the guy out there now because uh, there's nobody else really out there to take over that that load of work. On the receiving side of the ball for Philadelphia, Zach having a fucking huge game. Ten receptions, a buck 10, one touchdown, 11 targets. Nelson Aguilar had a nice game, four for 45. Wendell Smallworth catching a ball out of the backfield, three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of looks Jay Ajay-ish. He may be able to fill that role a little bit, but they it's going to be tough. Um, Elshon Jeffrey, kind of a weak game out of him. He had a nice game last week. Didn't really find himself to be open too much this week. had eight targets. Two receptions for 39 yards, kind of a weird game. But the loss of Jai is going to hurt this Philadelphia Eagle roster. And like I said, I did have the Eagles in this game for seven. I lost lost my ass on this. The Vikings did win this game, 23-21. And it's going to be weird from here on out for this for the AFC East. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be weird in the NFC North. It's going to be fun to watch. I love these races like this. This is my favorite month ever. So let's see what happens here. We're going to go out to San Fran, we're the Cardinals, we're playing the Niners, and this game sucked too, I didn't like this game either, but let's talk about it. And we're going to talk about Josh Rosen, 10 for 25, not looking good at all, but did enough to win the game, a buck 70, one touchdown, nothing too big out of him. The big thing out of this game for Arizona was finally David Johnson finally getting in the end zone. 18 carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. Nice showing out of him this week. I know a lot of fantasy owners were waiting and waiting and waiting for him to put up some points, and now he finally did. Uh, on the Arizona receiving side of the ball, I like this kid. I, I, this is the same thing with me with Atlanta and Calvin Ridley. It's the same thing there as it is for me with Arizona and Christian Kirk. Both these guys are young. Both these guys are talented. A lot of talent. A lot of talent. And I really like this Christian Kirk kid. And he had a big day. Three receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Only four targets, though. And that's the issue. That hurts. Especially when you only have Larry Fitzgerald catching two for 35 for three targets. That hurts. You got a good number. You got a Hall of Fame number one. I get it. He's a little banged up right now. But you have a solid number two in Christian Kirk, whether you force him out of the slot on drags, ins, or outs, or curl routes, or slants, or whatever the hell you want to do. But this guy can also stretch the field for you, obviously. He had three receptions for 85 yards. That's a 28, just over 28 average. You got to start focusing on this guy, because he's a good player. You had Williams two for 23, Gresham 11 for one, I'm sorry, one for 11. Nothing too big out of this. Just, just a weird game. Again, like I said, Arizona did win this game, 28-18. I did win this game. I had the Cardinals for 10 in this game. We're going to go over to the San Francisco side of the ball where C.J. Beathard, 34 of 54. Not too bad. Not too bad of a game. 349 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. This guy... Looked pretty decent. Is long, and the San Fran may be able to win some more games here. They're 1-4. Both these teams are 1-4. But is he a volatile backup? Is he a decent backup? If he limits those turnovers, I can see San Fran going on a nice little roll here. Now, granted, you also had Matt Breida leave this game with a, with a lower leg injury, it looked like. I know he's been dealing with a shoulder, which fucking hurts big time. But Alfred Morris, 18-61. Uh, Matt Breda 8 for 56 uh pretty much CJ Bathard ran one in on a on a, on a small little small little run towards the end zone there George Kittle again a nice big game receiving the ball five for 83 uh, Kyle jess six, six for 75 using that fullback get him in get him in there uh, Taylor seven for 61 and a touchdown and then Matt Breda had a touchdown one for five yards losing Matt Breida kind of hurts here because they've already lost, what, I think this is number This is number two, right? They lost two running backs on the year. And now they're down to Alfred Morris, a guy that they signed in the preseason. It's going to be a weird year for San Fran. It's going to be a weird year for Arizona. They're both kind of testing the waters here and be like, oh, let's dip my toe in. Let's see what this feels like. But it's just a weird, weird division there. That division's... Honestly, going to be dealt with between the Rams and the Seahawks. And that's where we're moving now is up in Seattle. This fucking game kicked ass. I loved every single second of this game. What a game by both of these teams. So much fun to watch. So much offense. So much defense. And it was, by the score of it, you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, so much defense. Yeah, my ass. There were 64 points scored in this game. I'm serious, though. For real. There was a lot of defense in this game, a lot of stoppage, a lot of a, – a, just, a, just a good game. On the L.A. side for the Rams, Goff, 23-32, of 32, 321, one touchdown, two picks. Weird game, but still good enough to win this game, and they did, 33-31. Todd Gurley, this fucking guy is awesome. I, I didn't realize how good this guy was until I actually watched this game. This guy is an absolute stud. I'm one of those guys in fantasy football that always take a wide receiver, always, with my number one pick. I don't care if I'm number one or number 16 or 15, however many teams you have in a league. I always take a wide receiver, and I always back that up in the second round with a wide receiver because there's not that many good running backs in the league. This guy changes my mind. Now I get it that you have to have one through four to get this guy, And that's being modest, extremely modest. This guy's a fucking stud. 22 carries, 77 yards, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. And he's been doing it every single game this year for the Rams. This guy can carry the workload. This guy is what the Rams wanted out of Steven Jackson. And he couldn't do it. Now they got this Todd Gurley guy, and this guy fucking does everything. This guy's awesome. He is amazing. On the receiving side of the ball, you had Robert Woods, 50 or 50 receptions. Jesus Christ! If he had 50 receptions, that's game over. Uh, Robert Woods, five receptions, 92 yards, no touchdowns. Cooper Cup looked fucking awesome in this game, six for 90 and a touchdown. He did leave with an apparent head injury. Didn't look good. He should be back. Should be fine. Uh, Reynolds, two for 39. Todd Gurley, four receptions, 36 yards. You can't stop this guy. Brandon Cooks did not come back in this game. This is a scare for a lot of fantasy owners, including me. I'm being one of them. Um, no receptions. Got got clipped on a play. Shoulder to helmet. Weird little play. It hurts you guys. It hurts me. But let's see what happens here on the Seahawks side of the ball. Russell Wilson was, I mean, just does what he does. I'm tired of calling this guy a scrub because he's not. And since his rookie year, I haven't. I watched this guy when when the Seahawks drafted him. I was like, yeah, this guy's a turd sandwich, you know, whatever. Russell Wilson's the fucking real deal. Russell Wilson falls into that category of a Philip Rivers, falls into that category of of um, I would say like I almost say like a Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz is top tier just yet, but he'll be there. But he falls into that type of category, and I think Russell Russell Wilson is ahead in that category. He's the number one in that category, thirteen to twenty-one, a buck ninety-eight, three touchdowns. This fucking guy gets it done. He's amazing. I love Russell Wilson. Smart quarterback, makes smart plays, does the right thing when needed, never does the wrong thing. Good player. Chris Carson out of the rushing side, 19 for a buck, 16, no touchdowns. Davis, 12 for 68 and touchdowns. You had um, Tyler Lockett, three receptions, 98 yards and a touchdown. Moore, three for 38 and two touchdowns. Good game out of him. Vinette, three for 43. Nothing out of Brandon Marshall. Nothing out of Manon, Nothing out of Daniels. Kind of a weird game. We distributed the ball between five, six receivers. Weird game. But Seattle did do enough to win this game. It was a weird game, odd game, but thank God I only took the Seahawks for one. This was my game of the week. I loved watching it. This is one of my games of the week. I loved watching this game, and it proved me wrong. Good job, Rams. Good job, Seahawks. Great game. Thank you for the great game. Every week there's been a good game, and I'm happy for that. Thank you. And now we're moving to the Battle of Texas, boy. Woo! You big old dumb fuckers. Battle of Texas. The Houston Texans versus the Dallas Cowboys in Houston. And thank God the Dallas Cowboys lost this game because it won me nine motherfucking points in this game. You heard? Dak Prescott sucking balls again. 18 for 29, 208, a touchdown and two picks. Dak Prescott, you suck. You are not an NFL quarterback. I hate your guts. There you go. There's my I hate Dak Prescott hit of the week. Boo. Ezekiel Elliott, though, pretty much awesome. Uh, 20 for 54. Yeah, again, like I said, pretty much awesome. He did have seven carries for 30 yards. I knew one of these times, guys, I told you. I mean, I, I like Zeke. He's been doing it all year so far, except for this week, where he's the go-to guy out there. He's the only guy to get the ball to. He's the guy that teams got to key up on. But he looked good. Like I said, 20 of 54. He had uh, seven receptions, 30 yards. He still had some points for you. But uh, on the receiving side for the for the, the Cowboys, Swain three for 55. Tavon Austin one for 44 the guy who caught the caught the lone touchdown pass finally was Austin, uh, or, I'm sorry Allen Erns and he, they've been waiting for him for 5 weeks to fucking do something so yeah that's pretty much all that happened on the Dallas side of the ball let's go to the Houston side of the ball here where the Texans looked pretty damn solid they looked good um you had um uh, Watson 33 of 44 375 a touchdown on the pick. A good game out of him. You got to limit those turnovers, though. Alfred Blue, 20 for 46. Again, they're going to be playing from behind a little bit. That defense is starting to get a little long in the tooth. I know it sounds funny, but J.J. Watt being banged up. Jadavian Clowney being banged up. Brian Cushing not being what he used to be. You got, you know. It's just just, just weird. You got Reed out there. You got Jackson out there. Tyron Matthew doing some stuff out there. Just just a weird, weird defensive team. They kind of lost a little bit there. On the receiving side of the ball, though, this fucking team is good, man. I, I really do like this team. Hopkins is a beast. Nine receptions, 151 yards, no score. Alfred Blue, eight receptions, 73 yards. Griffin, six for 65. Kevin Cutie. 6-for-51. Kyle Fuller, 2-for-15. I expect him to have a better week this upcoming week. But what a game this was. Thank God I had the Houston Texans. I had him for 9. Let's see what we're taking them for next week, coming up here shortly. And now we're moving on to the bigger game, the, the, a game that I absolutely loved watching because I've liked this guy since day one. And this guy has been iconic for me. I can say that I've watched this guy's entire career. And that man is Drew Brees. And we're going over to, to last night's game, Monday night there, where he was unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> I mean he was is almost perfect as perfect can be. 26-29, of 29, 363 yards, three touchdowns, quarterback rating of 90.1, a total rating of 153.2. Guys, perfect is 153.8, or 158.3? I forget, but it's something like that. But this guy was fucking damn near... Absolute perfect. Big game out of Mark Ingram. Coming back finally. 16 carries, 53 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, slow game. Six for 24. Not what you want to see when you bring back your your big stud, but Alvin Kamara's carried this team pretty much. Um, On the receiving team, on the receiving side, Smith, three for 111 and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas, four for 74. Cam Meredith, 5 for 71. Ben Watson, four, thir- 4 for 30. Alvin Kamara, 3 for 15. Just a good game in general by this Saints team. And congratulations to Drew Brees on passing Peyton Manning's record for yards. That's absolutely, believable. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Congratulations. Uh, again, like I said, I watched this guy his, his entire career, from San Diego, from tearing his labrum in his throwing shoulder, to coming back and being And not only doubted because of his size, but doubted because of that injury and coming back and just being one of the most iconic football players in NFL history, leading something that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, Dan Marito, Joe Montana, you know, all these great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, I mean, just couldn't do and he surpasses them all in yards. And that's absolutely amazing. Congratulations, Drew Brees. I'm proud of you. And again, on the Washington side of the ball, let's move on over there. I I, I don't want to forget about those guys over there. We had Alex Smith, 23 of 39, 275, no touchdowns and a pick. Had a rough game from the get-go. Saints defense is pretty much all over the guy with three sacks, 31 for, for a total loss. Uh, Chris Thompson, 8 for 17, no touchdowns. Bibbs, 4 for 9 for a touchdown. Alex Smith did run one in. Adrian Peterson, a light a light, uh, light, game for him, a kind of a weird game for him. I know he was questionable with a lower body, lower extremity injury, tightness, but uh, kind of not what you wanted to see out of that. But then again, you know, Saints were up big all game. Why run the ball? They only ran the ball a total of 18 times. Uh, James Crowder, 4 for 55. Richardson, 4 for 50. Harris, 3 for 47. Chris Thompson, 6 for 45. Adrian Peterson did did catch two balls for 36. But other than that, a big win out of the Saints where I had the Saints for 8 and the Saints won 43 to 19. And now we're going to get on the topic of some baseball here. A lot of stuff happened. I want to pause here a second on the NFL talk. It was a crazy week. Again, like I said, I went 10 and 5 again this week. That's 2 weeks in a row 10 and 5. Brings my grand total to 43 32 and 2. I'd like to see that bump up this week. We're going to go over that a little later in the show. But like I said right now I want to talk about some I definitely want to talk about some baseball. And this baseball has been awesome all year. We had the Brewers knock out the Cubs, the Rockies Knock out the Cubs, or we had the Brewers knock out the Cubs for the division. The Rockies knock out the Cubs completely in the wild card, and the, where the Rockies went on to play the Brewers for the for the first series, and the Brewers swept them there. That fucking Brewer team is good, man. They hit, they can pitch. That that back end of the bullpen is absolute filthy. Brewers get the sweep over the Rockies, which was huge. And now you had the Dodgers at the uh, at the at uh, the Braves. And this was a. I thought the series would have been a little bit better. I do not like the Dodgers. They're, they're like the Dallas Cowboys for me. I do not like this fucking team. And I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. I've just never liked the Dodgers. There was maybe one year there, and I can say the same exact thing. I can compare both of these teams, the Cowboys and the fucking Dodgers. There was one year there where I was absolutely madly in love with the Cowboys. They had Jason Witten, Des Bryant. They had... Um, who was the other guy that got folded up like a lawn chair? I forget his name. Um, but they, then DeMarco Murray running the ball, Tony Rummel at the helm. I, I loved that Dallas Cowboy team. They looked good. Sean Lee was healthy. They looked good, and they got bounced in the playoffs, and I was, fucking, I was just done with that team. And the same thing goes with the Dodgers. This Dodger team gets to the fucking playoffs, and they fucking choke it out all the time. Now, if they play my Cubs, uh, of course I'm going to be rooting for the Cubs. But this team drives me nuts. I don't get it. They have the best fucking pitching staff, one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. I mean, you got Rich Hill, you got uh, you got Rich Hill, you got Walker Bueller, you got uh, Clayton Kershaw, and you got Kenley Jansen on the back end of that bullpen, just sealing the deal pretty much anytime he you can. You got Manny Machado, you got Cody Bellinger, you got fucking just uh, Justin Turner, you got so many pieces on this team. Yet you fail to put it together every fucking year. And it's almost like I hate them because I gave up on them. And they go out there and they they beat the piss out of the Braves. The Braves did have that one game. And the Braves are – that's something to say for that Brave team. They're going to be there for a while here. They're going to be a good team. They won their division. All right? that That's a good team out there. And I see them competing over the next couple of years here. They got young pitching. They got young Tanner. Freddie Freeman's still a young guy. Ronald Cuna's still a young guy, super young. Fucking, that guy's not even twenty years old. You got Ozzy Albie's out there playing a mean second base. This this team's going to be a good team, and they'll get there. They they will be a team that's that'll be pushing the buttons of the NL champions, whoever it be. If not them, they will be pushing buttons of the National League here in the years to come. They were just a young team this year, but I give them a, a fuck ton of credit for competing. Definitely for sure. On the Yale side of the ball, you got Houston beating the piss out of Cleveland in a full in a, in a three game sweep, and you still got you still got uh, you got the the Yankees beating the A's. Which okay, yeah, as much as I wanted the A's to win, I'd much rather see this series instead of the Red Sox beating the piss out of the A's in a, in a five game series. This series is awesome. The Red Sox Yanks has been absolutely fucking great. We're going for game four tonight. Series lead, 2-1 in Red Sox favor. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait for this game. Fucking God, I love baseball. But yeah, had Brock Holt hit for the fucking cycle last night. I mean, in a playoff game. The first time it's ever been done. Again, but the Yankees shelled, fucking shelled David Price the other night. The guy still hasn't got a win in the fucking playoffs. Chris Sale looks solid. Oh, there's so many things to get to in the ML playoffs here. And as much as I wanted the Cleveland Indians to beat up on the Houston Astros, it didn't happen. I liked that Cleveland team. I don't th- Obviously, it didn't happen. That Houston team is just a little too much more. So now you got Houston waiting in to win, and you got the rest of this series here with the Red Sox and Yanks. I'm taking the Yankees. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. I feel like I should eat a bar of soap. I'm taking the Red Sox to win the next game and end up the series. To go on and play Houston. And that's going to be an awesome series. You got stud pitching up and down. You got stud hitting up and down. That's the must see matchup. That is the must see stuff out of that series, I think. And in the NL, you're waiting for the Dodgers. You got the Dodgers going up against the Brewers here. And this is going to be awesome, too. It's going to be fun to watch another good series to see what happens here. You got the Dodgers good pitching. You got the Brewers awesome pitching. And just to kind of see what happens here. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win this series. I, I want to say the Brewers do it. I like the Brewers. I hate the fucking Dodgers. But you don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? Um, I can see a Red Sox-Brewers World Series, which would be fun. But I can also see a Dodgers and Houston repeat of last year. Both teams, I mean, all four teams left for Manning have absolutely stud pitching. All four teams remaining hit the fucking ball for average, hit the ball out of the park, and they're all good teams. But if it's to my choosing and if it's to me predicting, my prediction is now, and we'll, we'll touch more on this too. I know like a lot of you guys are here for football, and I get it. It's cool. But that being said, my prediction for the World Series this year I'm going to go a little off the radar, and I'm going to say it's going to be the Dodgers and the Red Sox. That's how I feel. That's really how I feel. I feel like the uh, the, the Dodgers pitching is going to be a little too much for those, those hot bats right now, those hot but streaky bats of the Milwaukee Brewers. I feel like the Red Sox in seven games beat the Houston Astros Because their bats are just absolutely phenomenal up and down, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, JD Martinez, Xavier Bogarts. I mean, you can go on and Raphael Devers, you can go on and on and on on that Boston Red Sox team, but I really do feel it's going to be a Dodgers Red Sox World Series. I hope I'm wrong. I want to see the Brewers in there. And that that hurts me being a Cub fan, but I do want to see the Brewers in there. I, I, I pull for those teams that never done it before. I really do. I've seen the fucking Red Sox do it three times. I've seen the Yankees do it probably, well, I don't know, fuck. I don't know at this point. What, five, six, seven times at this point? Um, I've seen that I don't care if the Dodgers ever do it. I don't want to see the Dodgers do it, so fuck them. But the Brewers who've never been there before to go out there and do something, they're a year ahead of schedule, I think, still. And they're, doing, they're dumb enough to do it. So, Let's see, but my prediction is the Dodgers-Red Sox, and I take the Red Sox in six. So, yeah. And now we're going to be moving back to the NFL. I don't want to. I know you guys are here for much, much more than just the NFL. But I want to get my confidence picks in for the week. My confidence picks for week six. We got the Eagles at the Giants. I'm taking the Eagles for eight. The Chargers at the Browns. I'm taking the Browns for one. Panthers at the Skins. I'm taking the Panthers for 12. Seahawks at the Raiders. I'm taking the Seahawks for 13. I'm taking the Texans hosting the Bills for 14. The Bucks at the Falcons. I got the Falcons for 15. Steelers at the Bengals. I got the Bengals for three. Cardinals at the Vikings. Vikings for 11. Colts at Jets, I got the Colts for six. Bears at Dolphins, I got the Bears for seven. Rams at Broncos, I got the Rams for ten. Jags at Cowboys, I got the Jags for nine. I got the Titans over the Ravens in Tennessee for five. I got the Chiefs over the Pats for four in New England. And I I got the Packers over the Niners in Green Bay for two that's my confidence. So, one, I got the Browns. Two, I got the Packers. Three, I got the Bengals. Four, I have the Chiefs over the Pats. Five, I have the Titans over the Ravens. Six, I have the Colts over the Jets. Seven, I have the Bears over the Dolphins. Eight, I have the Eagles over the Giants. Nine, I have the Jags over the Boys. Ten, Rams over the Broncos. Eleven, Vikings over the Cardinals. Twelve. Panthers over the Skins, 13 Seahawks over the Ravers, 14 Texans over the Bills, 15 Falcons over the Bucks, and that's going to end my confidence for the week. Now, I want to talk about some other stuff here going on. I know this is going to be a long show. We're already an hour in, and guys, I appreciate you tuning in every single week, and again, I don't know if I shared this info just yet, but I am now Viewable and available on iTunes at the Fat Mike Sports Show. Type it in your search bar in your podcasts. Give a like, give a comment. That's how I make some money off this fucking thing. So please go ahead and do so. I'm averaging about anywhere between 50 and 150 plays a week. So about 75 I can add. Uh, we got a couple of guests coming up in the next few weeks. I know I'm going to have Joe Thomas, the All Pro. Offensive lineman from the Cleveland Browns Come on the show here I'm going to have a guest spot by one of my buddies who This guy fucking just always wins Fantasy stuff We'll talk more fantasy stuff with him Um, But guys The main thing I wanted to say right here is Thank you for tuning in each and every single week I really do appreciate it I know it's kind of been a pain in the ass Um, There was some stuff that happened there I think I figured out the problem here With the dropouts on on the show in itself And um but like I said, I wanted to I wanted to say thank you for tuning in each and every week and giving me questions and stuff like that. We're gonna go through a little bit of fantasy questions on the week here now, and this is this is fun stuff. I love doing this stuff every single week. We have my buddy Andrew coming in and asking me this week for fantasy football advice. He wants to know if he should start uh, Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> which is which is duh. Over Jordan Reed, and I say yes, definitely, hands down. Um, little odds and little more odds and ends stuff here. Let me see here. I'm scrolling through all my fantasy stuff here. Let me see. I'm clicking on questions. I'm sorry if I haven't gotten you guys just yet. Um, let me one second. Um, I got a question over what's going on with Leonard Fournette. what I see right now is Leonard Fournette is still doubtful for a hamstring is not expected to return for week six against the Cowboys. So obviously start TJ Yeldon, and if you have him, um, you're quite in and you have Jay It at shows. That's rough, man. Um, uh, it says here your other two backs are Chris Thomas, Naeem Hines. I would say definitely start those guys because it's all you got. Um, Amari Cooper you have. If you have anything else besides Amari Cooper, I would start it. Amari Cooper has not been a... Uh, a for sure on the on the weeks here. He's been kind of low out there with that that Raiders defense not doing too well, and, uh, or I'm sorry, that Raiders offense not doing too well, not being able to put points on the board. So, yeah, so now we're going to go to, <clears throat> we are going to go to Tim McDonald, and his question is, does he start Derrick Henry over Tevin Coleman? At this point, Tim, I say no. Derrick Henry's projections have been awesome all year long. Um, I would definitely start Tevin Coleman over him, even though Devontae Freeman is back. Uh, Tevin Coleman still gets a lot of balls out of the backfield, coming out, splitting out the ends. Definitely go him. And his other question is Sammy Watkins or Cooper Cup? Ooh, man, this is a good one. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been awesome out there in Kansas City. Uh, If Cooper Cup comes back healthy this coming up week, I start Cooper Cup. Both are healthy. Cooper Cup has been awesome all year long. The guy has five touchdowns already on the year. He's their number one leading receiver. I say you start Cooper Cup over Sammy Watkins. That's kind of a no-brainer. And now we're going to go to, uh, let's see here. His name is Charles Lukey. Charles, what do you got here for me, man? I'm I'm seeing you here typing. Let's see. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Dion Lewis, okay. Dion Lewis or Rashad Penny. This has been a weird situation here. I would definitely go, in my case, with me, me, I would start Dion Lewis Rashard Penny had a had a had a pretty decent week. Um actually no he didn't. He didn't have any points last week. I would definitely go Dion Lewis. Deion Lewis had a nice week last week and pretty much every time scoring. At least he's putting up points every single week. He's averaging around 11 points and that's with a point per reception. He gets a lot of balls out of the backfield like I said again. It's another running back question. I w- I would start Dion Lewis in limbo of him you're asking right now if you should start Kenny Deshaun Jackson or Calvin Ridley I would start Calvin Ridley this week over Deshaun Jackson I like Atlanta's secondary way more than I like uh Tampa Bay's secondary um Calvin Calvin Ridley's been tearing shit up on the year he's he's been pretty awesome all year long he's got six touchdowns already on the year He's on pace to have 12 on the year. Like I said, this guy's a a, a go to guy down there in Atlanta. He's gonna start figuring out how to use him. I would definitely go Calvin Ridley in this in on this end of things. We got a question from Brett. And Brett is asking me if he should start well, Brandon Cooks. Well, we don't know about that just yet. Brandon Cooks or Doug Baldwin? Um, if Brandon Cooks is healthy and he clears concussion protocol, I'm all day on Brandon Cooks. Uh, I see you got Demarius Thomas, and I see that you got Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay's on a bye week this week. You're going to have to figure out what you're going to do there. Um, but yeah, if, if, if Brandon Cooks comes back healthy and clears protocol, it should be nice. It's saying right now they're very optimist, optimistic that he will be available for week six against the Broncos. Let's hope that's the case. I hope the best thing for you there, I hope he uh, he comes back healthy. And I hope he comes back healthy, too, because I got him on a couple fantasy teams. So, yeah, we are going to go to right now, let's see here, we are going to go to, let's see, who's at the top of my list here. We're going to go to Ian Thurman, uh, Thurman, Uh, looks like Thurman. Uh, you have Jordy Nelson or Tyler Boyd. Um, okay, I get it. I see your team here. You got Watts, Melvin Gordon, Sean McCoy. Um, you send me your team. You're asking, you took, pretty much took a screenshot. Guys, please don't do this. Just ask me one question uh, on who to start, who to sit, yada, yada, yada. Um, it looks like you got Mark Ingram. Unfortunately, New Orleans is on the bye this week you got Lamar Miller, Nelson Aguilar, Phillip Lindsey. Keep on going. Uh, But your main question is Tyler Boyd and Jordy Nelson. Is that right? I hope so. So, okay, well, that's what I'm going to go on. I don't have the time for this right now. Um, Jordy Nelson, I would start him over Tyler Boyd. Uh, Jordy Nelson has been raking up points out there. He's pretty much the only go-to guy that they have really out there. He's got a touchdown each of the last three weeks, at least 40 yards, at least four receptions. He's averaging over the last couple weeks at least 15 points. I would definitely go him against Seattle. That secondary's tough still, but I would still go Jordy Nelson over Tyler Boyd. Definitely. Um, Let's see who else we got here. Um, We got... Brian and Brian is at Brian Norma. Brian Norma is asking me Isaiah Crowell or Frank Gore. Um, I I would go Isaiah Crowell. Looks like you got a pretty good solid team here. Uh, yeah, Michael Thomas on the buy. I plug in probably somebody else. Um, you got Big Ben. It shows again, guys. Please do not send me your entire team. Just send me questions. I This is like the third week in a row this has happened. And this is the first week I'm actually getting to it a little bit. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of help. You got Patrick Mahomes at New England. You got Ben Roethlisberger at Cincinnati. I would start Big Ben in this situation, definitely, for sure. Um, it looks like you're a little light on the running back end of things, and that's going to hurt you. Um, you got Ezekiel Elliott going up against Jacksonville. Isaiah Crowell against Indy. Obviously, start both of those guys, especially over Frank Gore. Um, Your wide receiving core, you got Michael Thomas on the bye, and you don't really have much after that. You got Devin Funches, who I think has been a fucking turd all year long, Um, but that's probably the only guy that you got going there. So, probably start him. And I'm going to take one more, just one more here. That's pretty much all I got time for here before everything starts. Getting a little out of hand here. We got Joe Flacco or Mitchell Trubisky. I like Mitchell Trubisky's matchup this week. That's a that's a this is a really good question. Uh, your your running backs are not the, your 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 quarterbacks are not the best, but still, I I like Mitchell Trubisky's week this week going up against that shitty Miami Dolphins defense. Um, I expect him to do something different this week. I see again the third one in a row. I got teams, guys. Um, I'm going to help you out here. If I was your team, I would start Mitch Trubisky, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, definitely, obviously. Do uh, you have Stefan Diggs? Keep him in. Juju Smith? Keep him in. You got Jared Cook? Keep him in. If I was you, I would replace Kyle Rudolph in your flex position with James White. James White has been awesome. He's right in your bench here. It looks like you've sat him. It says here that you've sat him every week. I don't know why you're sitting this guy. This guy's pretty much – I keep on saying this. This guy's a fucking stud. Definitely start him. Uh, Definitely start James White. Uh, On the defense side, you got Vikings going against Arizona. That's a good matchup. Uh, You're going to need to pick up a kicker, though, because I'm looking at your team and your team blows, and you don't have a kicker. So there you go. And on that note, guys, we're going to pretty much end this on out. I really have nothing much to say. It's already been an hour-long and 15-minute episode almost, hour and 10. Um. Yeah, next week we'll get some more of the stuff. I gave you guys my 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 week five recap. I gave you guys my week six predictions. We talked a little bit about baseball. I answered a couple of fantasy questions for you guys. Um, I'm trying to put together a line here where I can get some uh, to get some calls in on fantasy advice. Give me a yell, and uh, I don't know how I'm going to set this up just yet, but we will figure it out and set it up. Right now, I got you guys going through a live screen on uh, Audacity and a live screen via Facebook, and you guys are asking me questions, and that's cool. That's awesome. But uh, even still, I'm going to probably try and set up a line, and you guys will be actually able to hear yourself on the show, which would be nice. So on that note, I wanted to say thank you again, and you guys have a good upcoming week. We will talk Thursday after uh, Friday. After the Eagles Giants game and talk about what else is going on, we're going to touch the MMA stuff that happened over this past weekend with Conor McGregor and Khabib and all that bullshit. We will definitely talk some NHL. There will be a lot more baseball hitting the ring then because we got some games coming up. And uh, yeah, Um, we'll also do a must start, must sit on Friday's show, uh, episode 9. And, yeah, guys, thank you again so much. I know I keep on beating a dead horse, but please go on, subscribe, like, comment, do what you guys got to do. Bring me some money on this fucking thing because I'm tired of doing this already, and I would like this to be my full-time job. I don't want to go to work anymore. So, yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a good night. This has been a Beach Chicken production. ba 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 ba